Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. And I'm excited today because our special guest is coming all the way from Redcliffe, which is a suburb of Brisbane, Australia, which is where I live. So, and our guest is Ryan Gray. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's uh, it's a delight to have you here. Now, Ryan, for our listeners, is the CEO of Argonix, uh, which is a marketing company, and it's a pretty big deal. Uh, and uh, you know, Ryan's. Um, I've been I've been around on the planet a lot longer than Ryan, so I'm really curious to hear his story. He's obviously a, uh, a, quite an achiever. Ryan, what do you reckon is the number one factor that will let you know you know that marketing is going to work? Yeah, sure, sure. So, look, everyone says, oh, you know, it's the technology, it's you know, it's the design, it's all of these things. But really, at the heart of all successful marketing is the offer. If you can connect a really good offer, which is, you know, what people want, uh, that it's got, you know, a level of depth to it, that it's valuable, that you've reduced the level of risk, then that is the determining factor that is going to see the marketing work. And I've, you know, I've seen thousands of marketing campaigns now in, in my career. And that's that's the number one. If uh, if you get that wrong, it doesn't matter how fancy the graphics, it doesn't matter how good the presentation, it doesn't matter, you know, where you put it, that your target market just, just won't respond. Offer have to be a big offer or a small offer? Or like, just talk some more about that. Help me understand. I, I, I sort of get the broad concept, but give us a clue. What's a good What's a good offer look like? Sound like? Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, we we actually ran a um a successful offer uh, for our services. Uh, this was a while back. I, I totally forget exactly what we were offering, but the guarantee was. If if you don't like if you if you jumped on a strategy call with us and you didn't find value, that we would give you a thousand dollars for wasting your time. Now for us, that worked really well. And guess how many thousand dollars I gave for wasting people's time? Well, I'm going to take a punt and say none. None. There wasn't a single one. But the offer was there, and p- people are afraid of kind of you know putting a putting a really wild offer out there. I mean, you have to be able to deliver, obviously. But you know, having that ridiculously solid offer is you know, th- that's the, the crux. And if, if you can get that right, if you can remove the risk, if you can put put uh, your target audience in a position of power, then you're actually going to uh, get that cut through. Yeah, so when you talk about an offer, that's interesting because my first thing that popped into my head was the financial offer, you know, the, the $4.99 special, the, the $8.99 special. And, and in fact, Lindsay and I have been in a number of conferences in America and heard a lot of speakers speaking, you know, about selling programs from stage. And they talk about your three offers, you know, your $199 offer. You don't really want anyone to buy that. Your 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 $2,900 offer is the real one you really want to sell, but you're going to throw in a $10,000 offer for those stupid enough to take it, you know, and, and you've taken that around. You've said nothing about the number. You've said, if you don't like it, we'll give you money. How do those different things compare? Or does your offer have to be more specific? 
Yeah, sure. So uh, what you've spoken about there is product positioning. uh, And I I highly recommend doing the exact same thing. It it works very, very well because the psychology of having something larger, something smaller, and then something that seems like it's in the middle, um, it's, you know, uh, almost look like Goldilocks and the you know the, the three bears sort of thing you know ah that 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 one's just right um, but it's it's definitely a case of matching your offer to your target market so if you can give them something that's valuable to them now in marketing a lot of people have been burnt a lot of people have wasted time they've wasted money on all of these promises um, and by being generous up front. Uh, and again, like the offer doesn't have to be super fancy. It can just be risk reversal. It can just be, uh, you know, a particular position. It can be, uh, you know, a particular type of value for someone who acts now. It can be, you know, a, a, any number of things uh, because uh, as long as it connects with the target audience, that's the key. Uh, if it if it misses the mark and it's not valuable to them, I mean, I, you know, I could have offered... I don't know, a million dollars. But if I'm talking to billionaires, they're going to be like, I don't know if a million dollars is worth my time. Like, I just, I'm not sure. So it's definitely that, that um, you know, product market match, which is, you know, which comes from, you know, the offer originally, yeah. So I know you guys have worked with hundreds, thousands of different companies. What, what are the, give us some of the, the mistakes that people should avoid. Uh, yeah, sure. So, the biggest mistake that I see with people killing their marketing campaigns is that they don't give it enough time. So, like, it, it, there's a lot of, um, I guess, people who think, all right, I'm going to invest month, month one in marketing. If that doesn't work, you know, that's it, I'm, I'm out. Um, or, you know, that they pull the plug at the end of uh, month one or month two and go, oh, look, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain that we, we gave it a really good shot. I think in a lot of people's minds, you know, a month or two is giving something a really good shot. Whereas my take on marketing is very much a, hey, let's commit to this process until we get it working. And in my career, which is now spanning almost two decades, I've seen that the people who commit to the process, they're the ones who succeed in both business and in marketing and, and generally in life, I, I guess, uh, it's, it's very much a case of, um, hey, let's dig into this. I'm committing to this. And look, you might change marketing platforms. You might change um, potentially marketing suppliers. You might change strategies along the way. But you, you give something a good enough chance for it to work. And that's typically about 90 days out to about six months. So I actually had a had a client once. They were about to pull the pin um, at. Well, actually, we, we were about to pull the pin on their behalf, but we got traction at five and a half months, and their campaign just went crazy after that, uh, and their their business growth exploded. So, yeah, I've uh, I've kind of seen a lot of a lot of different things, but giving marketing enough time to to get traction and committing to that process is really the, the number one. And when you talk about marketing, I mean, you know, the world today has gone. There's no so. There's no. There's no marketing. It's all well, no no marketing. There's, there's no traditional marketing. It's all digital. Um, is that what we're talking about? Or you, you know, are you looking at you know any type of media? Yeah, sure. So we we focus quite heavily on digital, but I love traditional 
like snail mail. Um, posted marketing tends to cut through. It's expensive, but no one's doing it anymore. Uh, and so there is definitely a place for a combination of the two. Uh, and so, yeah, using the two in conjunction with each other can be a really, really powerful and effective methodology for, for getting your marketing working. So you mentioned expensive. Uh, and, you know, when you gave the example of five and a half months and we finally made it, two things went through my mind how much would that have cost and you know like i guess some of our listeners might be thinking well that's all very well for you i've only got so much money to spend uh, i don't have a bottomless bucket um, how much should we be spending on marketing yeah excellent question and this is kind of the the age-old question uh, and it it varies from business to business obviously but just as a guide uh, larger businesses, I mean, 1% could be, you know, $1 million or $10 million or, or something like that. Smaller businesses, you know, 10% could be, you know, $500 or $1,000 or, or $10,000. So it really depends on, on where, uh, where the business is at currently in their growth. Uh, for larger businesses, we tend to recommend between 1% and 4% of revenue so you know that it, it does eat, eat into profit a little bit but if they want to continue to grow fairly aggressively then that's usually you know, approximately what, what we recommend um, and then around 10 to 15 percent for smaller businesses um, depending on how aggressive they want to get and if they do really want to get uh, aggressive then reinvesting all of their profit back into their their growth um, or like in that marketing front uh, then you know I've, I've definitely been in situations where we've done that over the years where we've just said, look, we're going to go at this hard for the next six months. Let's let's invest all of our profit back into the business. Okay, so I invest um, 10% of my, uh, my, my, my turnover on marketing. What, what's my ROI going to be? What's the return going to be? Yeah, sure. Uh, again, how good is your marketer? <laughs> um, and... Right, so you, Ryan, uh, you're going to be yeah. expert. <laughs> well, massive if, if you're using us. <laughs> Look, we we suggest somewhere between three to ten times your return on investment. So, again, it depends on what type of marketing you invest in. If you're only doing front end marketing, so let's say you're throwing some ads on Facebook or other social media, or you know you're you're running some Google ads or something along those lines, then it's you know it's an expensive way to market. If you then bolt on some content in the back end, uh, if you then nurture your leads, if you then make good use of your marketing spend, then there's definitely scope to you know start pushing out more towards that kind of eight to 10 times return on investment. And the, uh, the other factor that I should mention that affects that is the cost per, per sale or the average uh, customer lifetime value. So if that's higher, then your return on investment is going to be higher. If you know you're selling two dollar widgets, then you know you're going to be probably losing money on your first sale, and the only money that you're going to be making is you know on on the back end sales. Okay, so you mentioned a few things in there. You spoke about running ads front end, you called it, hmm. as well as some content that goes with it. And I'm assuming that sort of it, call it educational content for the for the wording of it. How do you? control how do you get good quality leads and what do you do with them are you chucking them in a funnel into a process or how are you how are you you know working those leads you know to use colloquial sales talk yeah for sure so 
there's, I guess we should define funnel. So a funnel for me is a number of landing pages and then a number of at least like at a bare minimum follow-up email sequences to, I guess, warm up and engage with your, your customer. And, and that, that looks different depending on the industry. Um, what we do know is that especially from a professional services point of view, only 50% of people who inquire with a business are ready to buy like within the first 90 days. Now, most businesses um, don't even have a, you know, Sorry, actually, uh, the, the, the stats are 50% of people who inquire will buy within 18 months, but only 15% of those who buy uh, will do so in the first 90 days. Now, most businesses don't actually even have a 90-day funnel. So they haven't got enough landing pages, they don't have enough blog articles, they don't have enough educative content uh, to last 90 days. So they're actually probably only tapping into about 3% of the market who is ready to go at any one time. And you know, the holy grail of marketing is to try and turn someone who's dead cold into a a, a buyer, which obviously takes a bit of skill and a bit of practice and a, you know, a bit of nurturing. But the way to do that typically is to get multiple touch points over a short space of time. And if you can do that, however you do that, whether it's using retargeting strategies, whether it's using regular content, whether it's using salesperson phone calls, what, you know, regardless of what you're using, and you know, the good businesses use a mix of all of these strategies, uh, that, that's what's going to reduce your sales cycle and that's what's going to uh, embed a level of knowing, liking and trusting, which is kind of the currency of marketing. Um, in, in their mind of the business. So if, if they know, like, and trust you, that they'll pull out their, their credit card. If they don't know you, if they don't like you, and if they don't trust you, and you need all three, um, they're, they're not going to whip out their, their their wallet. Okay. So how you've got this funnel, let's call it, which is a sequence of landing pages, and you say lots of contact points in a short space of time. What is short? Yeah, sure. So, look, if, if your sales cycle is 12 months long, weekly emails is probably fine. <laughs> okay. If if your sales cycle is, uh, you know, is a week, then you need to be probably hitting your target market twice a day. Um, so, it, it depends on, on what your sales cycle looks like. Yeah. So, then I guess this is another how long is a piece of string question. So, in terms of results, it depends. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. I mean, you know, you, your return on investment is kind of, you know, within that kind of three times to 10 times ballpark. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does depend. And, and if you're in a you know business to consumer industry, typically, um, and again, depending on the size of the purchase, that can move a lot faster. Um, business to business, especially as, as the business gets bigger, you're dealing with committees, you're dealing with, um, you know, like groups of decision makers rather than just one. Uh, and so that can you know, extend the sales cycle, in which case content marketing actually becomes even more important because you need to stay in front of them and stay top of mind during that buying process, which, you know, if it's lengthy, that they need more touch points. Okay. So what impact does mindset have? Um, you know, I'm thinking, um, you know, some people are super positive and they, they, 
believe marketing is the be-all and the end-all and other people are very pessimistic, oh, I don't, I don't trust this marketing thing. Does that have any impact on the campaign? Like, is that going to make a difference or, or is that just it, it is what it is? It's interesting you ask that because the people who believe in it are also typically the ones who really build out their their funnel completely they they create you know a great brand they create uh, an engagement uh, and that they themselves engage in the marketing process and so the end product tends to be a lot better than those who are initially skeptical so and i know it's really hard if you've been burned a few times like i have <laughs> to stay positive to to really you know give it your all but if you approach each project like it's your first then you can you can bring a level of optimism to it um, because yeah that that mindset is is interesting because one of the things that uh, now we've I've got a, a large background in lead generation but what I've seen is it's interesting when I ask past clients who you know have said oh look you know the, the leads are no good or have you been calling them no we don't call them. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> like it, it seems silly, but they see it as an effort. They see it as, you know, whereas those who are positive about it will go and, and who commit to the process, like we were talking about earlier, they'll say, all right, cool, I'm getting leads at this stage. Um, I want to take them to this stage. That's going to require some content. It's going to require some video. It's going to require, you know, some uh, some quality engagement. Great. Let's build a few of those things out or let's work with our marketing company to, to build a few of those things out so that we get better results overall. And 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 that they're playing a slightly slightly longer game as well. Okay. So I want to just give some some technical, I guess, advice to the listeners. You've spoken about, you started off right at the beginning saying it's all about landing pages. And, and, and so I get a lot of emails that don't lead me anywhere that kind of expect me to respond to the email. Um, that I assume is not what you're talking about. You're talking about, you know, click here for your special offer or for an article on why, you know, how you can be the best in your industry or something like that. Is that what you're talking about with the variety of landing pages? Mm. So there's there's a lot to it, uh, and and yes, it definitely goes beyond landing pages and emails and and that kind of thing. But uh, there's we we follow a rule that's sort of every one to one to four or one to five emails can be an offer. So we want to give value, give value, give value. You know, four or five times, and then ask for a sale. So we want to be. Uh, I guess if if there's a ledger of value versus uh, versus asking, we want to be definitely on the side of of having given a lot of value first. So, and you know, again, that that could differ depending on you know whether you're selling a two dollar widget or you know a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollar product. Um, it you know that, but being in credit when it comes to having given value is really important. So just how far down the trail do you guys work? Uh, you know, you, we've talked about coming up with, um, you know, a campaign, funnels, uh, you know, and so on. Like, where where do you start and where do you stop? Um, it, you know, uh, you, you, see, you gave the example before about, oh, we've come up with leads. Are you calling the leads? And people are going, no. Um, you, you know, just where, where do you, where's, where, where do you finish? 
Yeah, sure. So we don't close your leads for you. <laughs> that 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 requires often a level of uh, of technical expertise. Um, that being said, we can assist with the creation of the lead in the first instance, and then we can work with our clients to nurture and educate and build the trust with that client, which, which is actually where most clients, especially if they're already advertising in some capacity, they need the most help uh, because adding a content campaign or adding, adding those nurture sequences adding that credibility and th there is a methodology to that um, you know it's it's going to transform what they're already spending on advertising okay and so we're talking of content now so when you say adding value that's effectively by having good quality content and and so how do you just reserve that for those who are engaging through your campaign or do you go out on social media to try and generate um, organic reach through content? Yeah, sure. So there's a de very delicate balance between giving away your best stuff and holding your IP and your processes as part of as part of the business. Um, for example, if you're, you know, let's say a mortgage broker, you know. In terms of the process, you probably don't need to necessarily retain a lot of IP, um, whereas you can give a lot to, to your target audience. Um, if, you know, if you're in, I'm just trying to think, consulting, for example, there's a lot that you can give before you, before you start to get to those really key strategies that you know, are game changers for every client and that are proprietary to you. So... I definitely say give away a lot of your best stuff, but don't let the cat out of the bag in the process of doing that. So, Ryan, very interesting. I have, as always, one eye on the clock and our time is up. It just goes so quickly. Such an interesting discussion. Thank you so much for your time. If our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and, and talk all things marketing, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, sure. So uh, the best way to get in touch is through our website, which is argonxmarketing.com, A-R-G-O-N-Y-X marketing.com. Uh, everything's there, everything that's needed. Uh, we do have some freebies on the site. There's a 90-day marketing plan there. Uh, and yeah, we'll, uh, we're, we're happy to, to give that away. Excellent. We all love a freebie. Thank you very much, Ryan. And thank you, Lindsay. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.